Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, welcome to the Leaf Report podcast brought to you by The Athletic and brought to you by the Saki Hall of Fame. James, you want to talk about the Marcus Hall trade? Yes. Who? <laughs> He's the joking. New, the newest Raptor. The newest Raptor. You're wearing a toque while you're doing the podcast. This is a new. Well, I was the, I'm coming from the outdoor practice that they did at Nathan Phillips Square, and it was chilly. It was cold. That makes sense. Um, they look kind of picturesque in, in the, the photos that people were posting. I didn't go. Yeah, they, like it's not the best day. Like it was not super warm. It wasn't super cold. It wasn't. I don't know. It was, it was fine. supposed to happen a couple of weeks ago, and they canceled it because it was minus twenty every day. Yeah, it was nice. Like, it was, I'm sure if I was a Leaf fan, like, and I got to come out and watch practice, I would be geeked up, and people were excited. Like, they were, there were lots of fans there. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about Jake Muzzin, how he's fit so far. We will talk about Mitch Marner, some stuff to talk about there. But I think we should start with the most pressing news of the week. Uh, Matthew signing a five-year extension for just over $58 million. I thought it was going to be the Marincin being waived. We can get to that later if we have time. Well, you said most pressing, so... So, Matthew's 5 by 58 um, What's, like, your top-line response to the deal? I was surprised the cap it was that high. I thought that potentially they would get it lower than that. I was wondering if it was going to be 10.5 or 11. Um, I think that the 11... Even my prediction the day of when it got signed was 11.34. I knew he would want the 3-4 in there. Um, one of the things that I learned going to the All-Star, I didn't learn a lot of things going to the All-Star game, but uh, Matthew's talked about how superstitious he is. Hmm. And that's why I kind of knew the 3-4. He There's two things about Matthews. He pays a lot of attention to the rest of the league. He knows what other teams are doing and other players are doing. He would know, for example, that Crosby did the 8-7 thing on both of his contracts, mm-hmm. and he would internalize that and try and bring that to his contract. So I would expect that Matthews always has some kind of a 3-4 connection in his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking it was going to be 11.34, and then it was even more than that. And I think it just 
it speaks to the leverage that his side had, you know, that, you know, I've had this, I had this debate internally in my head when I started to get wind uh, a few days before the contract was signed that something was going to happen. I I had an inclination on the weekend. Um, And the early word that I was getting was that the numbers were going to be really high. And it's, it just seemed wrong to me. I mean, I, I kind of like over checked my sources because I didn't, it seemed too much. Mm -hmm. And then it ended up being really high so you know i was hearing like five by eleven and a half and it didn't seem it like my my spidey sense that doesn't seem right well it doesn't seem right because we went into this whole thing thinking that um if you're kyle dubas and you're gonna get them on a five-year deal as opposed to an eight-year deal you're gonna try to keep the number a little lower because that's part of the benefit of going on a shorter deal um but that didn't happen, um, and I think. Well, it, I mean, I guess you people could. People would argue that it did happen because on an eight-year deal, it would be. Yeah. Oh, it would be quite a bit more. Sure, but that's because that's what they're pushing for, and they have all the leverage, which is their right. Like, this is why you and I have been talking for like months and months and months and months. Why the longer you waited on this contract, the the worse it was going to get. That's exactly what happened. And that's like the central that thing I ex- haven't figured out is why they waited. That is exactly what happened. It just kept getting worse. And I think that when Matthews came out in the first two weeks of the season and had 10 goals in the first six games, and it was pretty clear that he had another gear and another level he was going to mm-hmm. get to, that was a that's a big problem. Well, and and they had the leverage potentially of July 1st. They, can, they could have sat there and said, you know what, you don't want to agree to this? Okay, we'll just wait till July 1st. We'll see if an offer sheet comes in. And then you'll pay 15 on a, a seven-year deal or whatever it is. So some fans are saying, well, like, they didn't negotiate very well, and it's... I don't know what... I think the Leafs were really stuck after not committing. They should have committed last summer. Well, they, that's that, that's the mistake. Like, that mistake costs them. And, and they may have their reasons for doing it. They may have thought, you know, if we sign Matthews before we sign Neilander, Neilander's going to use that as a bar. But, like... And that may be the case, and that may have happened. But it didn't end up being smooth with Neilander either. And now you're in a, a spot where his Matthews contract is going to be more... And Marner's contract is going to be probably more than they would have hoped, too, once it eventually gets gone. So it's kind of like that first mistake kind of sets in, in gear. And once you're into the season and once he does what you said, suddenly Matthew's camp is just like, well, wait, like we, we're cool. Yeah, it is tricky. I mean, if you do sign Matthews to, let's say it's 8 by 11.5, hmm. which I think, they, I think they probably could have got done last summer. I don't know for sure, but I think... That that it was certainly more doable around that number than it was now. Um, then you wonder what Marner and and Neilander asked for. But then again, I mean, look how much more leverage Marner has now after the season he's had. I mean, he mm-hmm. could have a hundred points. He could be top ten in NHL scoring, and he's had a much better season. I know you were high on him. I think you had him around ninety points or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's even higher than I was expecting. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Marner. I mean, I. I almost wonder if they just do a two or a three year contract. Well, let's let's stick first. We'll get to Marner, but let's stick with Matthews. One of the interesting things you and I have discussed it. I don't think on here, but um, we've talked about it since it happened, and and kind of when we knew it was going to be a five year deal. Is there is some benefit, obviously, to him going five years? Like you mentioned, a longer deal, the cap it would have been higher. So for those five years. They get a little bit of a break, not a great break, but a break from what it would have been on a long-term deal. And the other thing is when this contract ends, yes, he's going to be paid, but you're also going to be paying him for a better period than you would have been 
on an eight-year deal. So he's going to come up at like when he's turning twenty-seven. So you pay him six, I think. Well, no, he he'll turn twenty-seven by the time the season starts. Okay. Um. So I think like that part of it is okay because now his next contract will be let's say from twenty-seven to thirty-three or thirty-four or whatever, as opposed to thirty to thirty-seven. Like, what benefits do you see to the way that well the cap will be lower when they do it and. I mean, there are, you can make some of those arguments, but the fact of the matter is that if you got him on an eight-year deal, you're going to have him for that 27, 28, 29 season for a lot lower number than what he's going to get now. So mm-hmm. the thing that it does is it gives the Leafs a lot of flexibility to decide what the next step is with this core in five or six years. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll give them – they're not locked in. that They're, they're not going to have everybody signed to eight-year deals, which is probably not the worst idea. Um the way that it ended up working out now is that Nylander and Matthews both come up at the same time. I can't imagine they're going to want Marner to come up the exact same year either. That's going to be just too too much. Uh, that's what I've seen argued, but I, in in theory, yes. But I mean, if they all come up at the same time, they all come up at the same time. So then like you, you're going to have to make your decisions on them anyway at some point. You know what I mean? But it, you know uh, what it's like. Like you go into the last year of a guy's contract, you got to make a decision on the extension. Like they're going to have to decide on a Matthews extension in four years, not in five. Yeah. <clears throat> or they're going to have to trade him, or not that they're. I don't. They're not going to trade Matthews. I shouldn't even say that. But like they're going to have. They're going to have to. They're going to have to decide what the core of the team looks like. Well, in a year from that point, Tavares's contract will be up. He won't be coming back, presumably, unless it's on like a one or two year deal at the end of his career so he's he'll be done Nikita Zaitsev contract will come off the books that same summer notably unless he's gone by then which I think we can probably presume he will be I don't think Zaitsev is part of the long-term core I don't either um but Morgan Riley will probably be on a new contract himself Nazem Kadri by that point will probably not be here like, the team is just going to look so different. Well, and the CBA will be different. The cap will be different. Who yeah. knows? Maybe they put term limits in. Well, and that's like, that is part of the benefit if you're dubious. Like, this is going to change. The what, what we're looking at now, I guess it'll change before this contract is up, right? Potentially? Yes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, you look at it. It's shifting right now. So it's going to be... The other thing, too, is that the Leafs are going to have players in the organization who we don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. They're going to have players in the organization who are like 15 years old right now or 14 years old that they have drafted. Like, there's nothing to say that the Leafs can't go out and draft a second or a third round pick that becomes a Braden Point or like sure. that becomes a star player. So, they're going to have these other players they're going to want to pay on their second contracts. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be hard decisions that need to be made. So, if the Leafs do this right, they're going to have a pipeline coming of players. Right now, they don't have that. Right now, they don't have like a superstar. Yeah. prospect coming really i mean yeah. unless unless we think rasmus sandin is going to be the guy but in the future they have to hope that they're going to have more good players coming even though they're not picking in the top 10 in the next foreseeable future well they don't have to hope they have to do it they, this is like yeah. they're the imperative now on kyle dubas in it was going to be this way whether they signed bargain contracts or not but it's going to be to find all those guys to fill in around this core of four or five or whatever you want to however many you want to say, but like they have to hit. And that's what Tampa's been able to do. Like you look at a lot of these guys, Kucherov's like a second or a third round pick points, like a, the same thing. Um, granted, Hedman's like top five pick. 
Stamkos is a top five pick, but like everything else is yeah. like so I was they hit. I was talking to Bob McGill after the game last night. the The game last night was uh, the Leafs beat Ottawa five four. Bob McGill spends a lot of time around the Marlies and does broadcasting around the Marlies. I like talking to him about the Marlies. Yeah, and I, we were talking about why they've gotten better and whatever. But he was talking about Syracuse and how good Syracuse is, and Syracuse is Tampa's farm team. And it's amazing that you can have the best NHL team in the league by a wide margin and have one of the best, if not the best, AHL team. And he was talking about some of the guys that Tampa has coming that are playing in Syracuse right now and how good they are. Hmm. You know, it's there are guys that are not getting a lot of attention. There are guys that are playing in Tampa now, like Sorelli. Uh, Sorelli. Sorelli. Mm-hmm. He was really good when he went. Fantastic. Ma- yeah, and he matched up with, with Matthews one game in Tampa. He was great. And and they have Matthew Joseph, who's got 13 goals for them while playing a depth role. Like they've... Yeah. And, and Bob McGill was saying they got all these other guys that are coming. And if you look at them, you know, I can't remember where they picked Sorelli, but it was, was it late first? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And Joseph was a fourth round pick. And like if uh, Volkov, they, if you hit on these guys that are not like really high end picks, it's game changing for you. I mean, they got Vasilevsky at the end of the first round. Well, and you know what it does? Like, it's not just that those guys can join your roster, it's that you can take pieces on your current roster, trade, trade them. them for other stuff. Yeah. Like, you look at what they did with Cal- or McDonough last year at the deadline, they took other stuff. They took prospects. Uh, and Nemestikov, I think, was in that trade. But anyway, like they were able to do that trade yeah, because, because they the had all this. was asking for a lot of money, but, they well, got but like they have Miller. stuff to replace it. So like it would be a situation now where if you wanted to trade, let's say Nazem Kadri, you could you could replace him, right? And you could get stuff, right? And, you know, like it's just it gives you so they much. They don't more have flexibility. a first round pick this year, but let's say next year they've got a first round pick. Let's say they pick like a really high end center that's really good before the end of Kadri's contract. They're gonna they're gonna be able to have a, another third line center that they can bring in that's gonna be making less because he's on entry level and that that's. So when I was going through the thought exercise of the last column I wrote about the Matthews contract, it's like, okay, you would have rather had Matthews for eight years at this number, but the fact that you've got him for five and Nylander for six, for well, for five more after this one and however many you get Marner, it gives you some organizational flexibility to figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and let's be fair, like they didn't get discounts, but Matthews is being is going to be paid about what he's worth. Neander's going to be paid about what he's worth. We don't know what Marner's going to look like, but like he, they're basically getting the contracts that they're worth, but they're not getting less. And I, I think that's like to go back to what we talked about with Matthews. That's like the change in leverage. Like players know now this next generation. They're like, you know what? Like I know I'm good. I know I'm one of the best players in the league, best players on the team. Why am I going to like? Well, he might be underpaid by the end of that deal, right? The right. fourth and yeah. fifth year of the deal, the cap's going to be mid nineties probably, yeah. and if he's only making eleven. It, and well, he, but like, he's scoring 50 goals a year. Well, but there are people who are like, well, look, he's getting more than Crosby, and he's getting more than... Or, or a better example is, like, Shifley's making this. Well, people are like, McKinnon's only getting six. It's like, well, look Those at... Those are screw-ups. That Like, if I'm the player, the agent kind of screwed up. Well, and also, if you look at the entry-level years, like, didn't McKinnon only have a year where he had, like, 38 points or something like that? Like, yeah. people are saying, well... I had someone today was saying, well, points going to only get eight by eight. And it's like, yeah, well, like... Matthews had as many goals as Point had points. Like, yeah. Well, you don't want to be in a situation like... In the the rookie year. Well, you don't want to be in a situation like Tavares signs for six years at five and a half. That's good for the team. That's not like... It's a lot of money. It's fine. But you know what I mean? Like the player... It's turned around now where the player's saying that deal's not good enough. I think the players have, have learned... Like, if you look at who signed the better contract, you like Jamie Benn did a five-year deal, and then he got a huge contract on his third contract. 
Whereas McDavid signs the eight-year deal out of his second-year contract, he's going to be way, way, way underpaid. Like, that McDavid contract is going to look ridiculous in, like, three or four years. Yeah. And he's locked in with a team that he's probably not sure he wants to be locked in with. Well, and this gets to something, like, that you and I have both mentioned. Um, Brendan Shanahan's kind of plea to players on the first day of the season where he was basically Mission saying... accomplished. Well, I, I just think it was a misunderstanding of where the this generation is going players are are basically saying i'm gonna look out for like what i deserve and what i'm owed and it's up to you guys to like figure out all the pieces around me because what will happen is you'll have you'll be a player you take a discount and then the team uses the money on garbage and then the team isn't good like look what happens you mentioned edmonton like they yes mcdavid takes a bit less then they go and sign lucic then they sign russell then they make all these weird manning and spooner and so like it's up to the organization to, to do it right, and Kyle Dubas kind of said that in his press conference. So, and to be fair, I mean they could have pushed for more, don't you think? I mean, I, you know, you, you like you could have said, uh, you know, we we only want an eight year deal for thirteen or fourteen or whatever. I mean, obviously, optically that would not look very good given what McDavid makes, and that that would make be the biggest contract in the league. But mm-hmm. I think times are changing. The concern for Leafs fans is they look and they feel like everyone else is getting a deal and. Every other team is signing these guys that are mistakes on the agents' part, and the Leafs aren't. But maybe that's that was inevitable. That the, the league is going to change. The league is players are just at a point now, maybe where they're saying, like, if I'm Matthews, I'm like, I'm the best player on the team. Why am I going to take less? You know what I mean? Like, why why should I take less? And it doesn't make sense. Like. I, it, it's going to be interesting what the salary structure of the league is going to look like if if the guys that produce points are all getting. Well, how about the guys? Who, how about the guys who are the best players get paid as the best players, as but, opposed to what was happening before, right. where the older players who were coming up at twenty seven were getting these big insane deals, and the younger players weren't being paid fairly. It doesn't make sense. You don't like Andrew Ladd making, you no. know, like Brent Seabrook's making six point eight million a year. And right. Fanuf makes seven million a year, and it, that, it's going to change the league that's entirely. All, that's right. all going to change. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be the thing I wonder about is like where does where does that leave Travis Dermott and Andres Janssen and Kasperi Kapanen and like so something has to give. Like someone has to give up some money. Like someone's going to have to take less. Well, those so guys th- are it. Those guys are going to get really squeezed, and I think that that's going to it's going to happen more around the league. Is that well, for teams that have talent like the Leafs do, you're going to pay, you know, let, let, let's say let's say Marner does a bridge. Once he signs his third contract, let's say his third contract is the cap's going to be higher. Let's say it's $12 million or something. Leafs are going to be paying three guys, 11 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just going to, there's, I mean, we've done it. We've done the exercise where you fill out the Leafs cap situation you got a third d pair that's both league minimum contracts you got a backup goalie that's a league minimum contract you got a fourth line that's all league minimum contracts that's going to become the norm yeah and that makes sense like that's i don't think there's anything wrong with that you can get pretty good players on those contracts yeah or or have someone on an entry level deal on those contracts well you know what also i feel like will start to happen and i'll believe it when i see it but i would envision more guys like kapanen and jonson start to get offer sheeted because those are the guys like it makes sense to offer sheet. The, the picks aren't terrible. You're getting some known commodity. Like it makes sense to offer sheet Kyle Connor. It makes sense to offer sheet Kasperi Kapanen. Now the Leafs can match, but like maybe you'll get to a point where they can't afford to match and they just lose them and they get picks. Well, if you're a team that doesn't have a lot of forward talent and can't produce goals, and 
a Janssen or a Kapanen is going to be in your top six, those players are more valuable to you than they are to the Leafs. Mm-hmm. So they're worth more money. So, I mean, you know, waivers exist as a way of redistributing talent around the league. Mm-hmm. You know, if a team has too many good defensemen they and they have to waive somebody, one of the weaker teams gets that defenseman and then they get to play for them. An offer sheet is supposed to accomplish the same thing. That's what an offer sheet is supposed to do. It's supposed to be like a talent redistribution so that, that guys are paid equivalent to what they're, they're worth. It hasn't worked out that way because teams have been, they've been in kind of this collusion mindset. I think that there is going to be an offer sheet this summer. Just I'm going to go on a limb and say there's going to be two offer sheets this summer. So if I put the over-under at one and a half, you're taking the over? Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say there's going to be two offer sheets. And we can do, we can do a podcast in July and see if we, well, maybe end of August and see if we were wrong. Do you think there's going to be offer? Like, there's, there are so there many. There should be. There are so many teams talking about it now that I, there's like old school GMs and, and assistant GMs that are talking about it like as a real thing. And I think there are teams that are struggling, that don't have a lot of talent, and they're like they're so far behind the Tampas and Torontos and Winnipegs, they don't know how to get ahead, and that they look at this as maybe one way they can. Well, what do you, what would Tampa do if somebody gave Braden Point an offer sheet of like, I don't know, ten and a half by seven? They can't really I don't think afford they can it. Keep them. Or what does Winnipeg do if someone gives Kyle Connor an offer sheet of, I don't like seven know, million a year. seven by seven? Like what the hell do they do? I don't know. I guess you just look at your cap puzzle and say, "What can we move some of these pieces? Like, can we trade? Uh, what's a bad contract that Winnipeg's got? I mean, they're losing Myers, right? Mm-hmm. So Matthew Perot, I don't know how many years he has left. Yeah, but it's something like that. You just look at it and say, "Can we make this fit?" The other thing that's interesting too. Okay, so let's just do this as a thought exercise. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen. Let's say some team offer sheets Mitch Marner for like a huge amount, just because we know the Leafs the best and people listening like the Leafs. I'm not saying this is going to happen because I think they're going to get Marner signed before he can be offer sheeted. Just as a thought experiment, let's say a team, let's say the Islanders mm-hmm. offer sheet Mitch Marner, uh, um, seven years, uh, $12.5 million a year. It's, so it's four first-round picks. The Leafs can look at that and say, the Leafs have about $10 million, I think, in cap space for Marner that they can spend, maybe a little bit more than that. So they can say, Okay, we get four first-round picks, and we get $10.5 million in cap space. It's not like we only get four first-round picks. We also get to be players in free agency, and we can sign a Mark Stone. Or So if you look at the trade as Mark Stone and four first-round picks for Mitch Marner, it makes the equation a little bit closer. I, I've told you all the time that I sign him, I, I match no matter what. 12 and a half? No matter what. Well, in that case, easy. Yeah, 12 and a half for sure. You you can't... But, but there's some number where it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I guess they're... 13.75. I still feel like you have to keep your talent, and you have to find ways to expunge... Well, you see what I'm saying, though. Is if well, you, it may, if you, you do make an interesting point. first-round picks from a team like the Islanders that might not be good next year, like they might not even be bad first-round picks. Yeah, but you know what the problem with that is? Those first-round picks do not help you right now when you're trying to win cups right now. Like, those players are years and years away. Yes, that cap space helps you. I mean... More than likely. There, there are guys that were picked in the first round, like, two years ago that are making an impact in the NHL right but now. But I can't count on that if I'm trying to win a cup now. You can count on it to be a player that comes in and plays in your third or fourth line and makes a contribution for, like, nothing on the cap. Yeah, but what's the difference in Mitch Marner versus Mark Stone You can Stone also trade those first-round picks for other stuff. That's a lot of unknown, man. 
I, just, I don't like. But you that. know what I'm saying though is it like it's it's a like conversation. Stone is a great player. Yeah, but he's and, also 27. Yeah, and like I'm Marner's 20. He'll be 22 next year. I keep Marner just about no matter what. But what, you know what I'm saying that there's a number where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's a number where, and there's gonna be all these teams like I don't know how much cap space the Islanders have next year, or like the Hurricanes or whatever. There's gonna be teams that have like thirty million in cap space, and they can't get the free agents. And like, I the think the problem, the other problem with your your argument, actually not your argument, is free agency now like UFA is less useful. I guess the uh, the argument there's to that is this year, you could do you could offer sheet someone yourself, and that was actually something Dubas brought up to me when I interviewed him before the year. Is like when I asked him about offer sheets, and he's like, "Yeah, like it's an avenue that we would pursue." And he said, "Maybe you get into a situation where you have somebody who's RFA, and another team has somebody who's RFA, and maybe instead of offer sheeting each other, you just make a trade." I don't know. See, I never thought about this, but this is very interesting. Let's say you lose the player and you take the picks, and you're like, "All right, we're going in with we got our ten million in space." Yeah. We have our picks, which are probably worse than yeah. this other team's picks. So we're giving up these worst picks, and then we, you just go for which player you want. Well, so in theory, you could sign Pranarin. Well, you don't, have, you don't have to. No, but I'm, we're talking about offer sheeting, though. You don't have to offer sheet someone to get Panarin. Right, but I'm saying, like, if in this scenario, you, if you don't take... You, you lose you, Marner and you go get Braden Point. Sure. Well, then you offer sheet Braden Point. Yeah. And then you give those picks back. Basically. Well, they're different picks. Well, <laughs> they're gonna. Yeah, I guess they're different picks. <laughs> We're confusing ourselves. It's here. interesting, though. It is. Um, so let's. Is there anything else about Matthews you want to talk about? I think the thing that we underestimated in is how unique Matthews is. In what way? In being a center that can produce fifty goals every year. There aren't really. Well, historically, like it's almost unprecedented. Like the only guy who kind of comes close as Lindros as a center um, in terms of like even strength goals is yeah. that what you looked at like yeah. Stamkos is similar but he produces so much it was so much power Stamkos play. is just like from that one spot on the power play yeah there just aren't a lot of centers that score the way Matthews does okay we, we that's why he that's why he got paid like that's like the if you want one reason that's well the, and, and Dubas said like his top line thing about why they were doing this contract is he said he's an elite elite center who produces goals at a a rate that is almost income doesn't have any comparables um let's take a break and then we're going to talk Marner. um we should talk mention the athletic go to the athletic.com slash leaf report one of the cool things that's been happening now with this panarin stuff is i've been reading everything aaron portsline has been writing about the blue jackets just because like it is a fucking sorry it's a shit show like they're in they're in like a really tough spot like we well they're a good team and two of their best players are both going to be ufas and like what are you going to do and what do, do you do Do you go for it or do you trade those guys where are they in the standings right now they're like in the mix like they're there like they can make the playoffs they could be like they could convince themselves that they could win a cup like it's not crazy I think the problem is it's a distraction right like can you actually win the cup with two guys that are saying they don't want to be there i don't know and they're in eighth right now in the East, so like they're they're in wild card territory. But well, the problem for them is like you're you're probably not getting anything of real substance for Bobrovsky. It's Panarin, like who you could get. So the thing is, like they could trade Panarin and still make the playoffs and still go on a run. They're not set up as good, obviously, because he's their best well, player. Well, and or if whatever. you make a trade like that, like you're not going to be getting as much back, are you? Like you're not going to be getting. Uh, you're no, gonna, but like you're going to get a roster player, you get picks, you'll get prospects. I don't know. Like, it's no different if I mean, a guy gets hurt. like a bubble playoff team now. So if you get worse in that department, then, like, yeah. you're probably... 
It's it's a really tough situation. They, the they should have decided before the season, do we think? Yeah. You well, gotta decide, like you got to trade them before the season. Trade them to a team that thinks they have a chance to sign them. Well, it's not that different from the Leafs last year and Ben Reemsdijk, Bozak, Gardner, except Panarin and Bobrovsky are way better. But it's like if you can convince yourself that you can get in and like maybe you can make noise, I don't know. Like it's so Portslide's been doing great stuff on that. Um, there's been tons of stuff on Matthews. Bobrovsky's save percentage this year is nine oh one. Yeah, he hasn't been good. Well, and teams don't trade much for goalies in that position anyway. Um, so maybe he's not at that big of a loss. I mean, no. he's getting older. There was talk that Florida wanted to give him an eight-year deal. And it's like, what? They're doing great things in Florida, eh? Just I don't know what's Poor guys. Um, actually, the other thing, anything else you want to mention um, from The Athletic? Anything caught your eye? Obviously, did you see uh, Kevin Durant calling out Ethan Strauss? No, I haven't read that yet. People have been talking. We have a Slack. If people don't know what Slack is, it's like a It's like a. It's chat. amazing how many people don't know what Slack is. I was on Overdrive and they were like calling me like an alien because like they were like, what is this Slack thing? Is it like ICQ? It's kind of like ICQ. It's like ICQ, basically. It's basically like a corporate communication channel. We use it every day at, at The Athletic to talk to each other. I think a lot of tech companies use it. I think that that's – and a lot of media companies use it as well. Um, but so like we have, there's one channel that's like everybody in the company. It's the the general channel. It's like 300 and some employees and they're, they're talking about, Oh, Ethan's on TV now. And Durant, what did Durant say about him? Katie was not happy with him basically speculating about his future with Golden State. Um, I have to go read the story and if you're listening to this, go read the story and you can get 40% off the athletic theathletic.com slash leaf report well at least we know durant reads right or do you think he's just like downloaded the app to get his free reads for the month i think he i think he i would imagine he subscribes like i mean a lot of those golden state guys they've been seen like wearing athletic hats you know i think durant was wasn't he yeah i thought it was durant i know curry at one point draymond i'm pretty sure well marcus thompson down there is really good like he writes some great stuff about the warriors um so we got to get the Leafs wearing our hats, don't we? I don't think we're ever going <laughs> to. I don't know if we're ever going to cross over to that extent. No, I don't know if we are either. That would be funny. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Mitch Marner. So there's lots of things to get into. Uh, where should we start with Mitch Marner? So the contract is not supposed to be a distraction, but it sort of is. Now the thing is like it would have been a distraction anyway. Like but you could I, have like downplayed it. I guess what I'm saying is when Matthew signed people were always going to go to Marner and be like, "So, what's up with your contract?" The problem is his agent has made it <laughs> a, a bigger story and he kind of I don't know what he was trying to accomplish with this is I guess where we can start. Well, especially I don't even know how real any of it is. Like they aired all of the, he aired all these grievances and stuff like that in the Toronto Star, and then he the next day he walked it all back and he didn't like he didn't he tried to walk it all back. But like the thing is, like I think where are the negotiations actually? I think they're actually not in that bad of a place. Like so, I don't know why if like you're making progress and everything's okay that you like. Well, and like why when the player is not trying for it not to be a distraction, do you like shit all over the whole process? Like it doesn't. I the thing I really didn't like was the way that he like he insulted the Matthews contract on the day it was it was announced well he made them like they 
became the story on a day when it probably should have just been about Matthew signing But also, signing he like directly insulted the contract and like said that. Well, yeah, he insulted the Leafs, right? I guess he insulted Matthews too. That well, way. it's like Matthews' day. And whatever you think about, like that's just—I don't know. That's not a lot of class to do that, to be honest. It just really didn't. And I don't know Darren Ferris very well. I think you've talked to him, right? Mm-hmm. You and I kind of like split up who we who we talk to sometimes. And I know Craig Custance has talked to him a lot, and he vouches for him and he likes him. But he he clearly made a, a big mistake there. Um, that. They're going to have to make some amends for. And I wonder if, if Marner went and apologized to Matthews that that, that happened. Because they're, like, they're friends, obviously. Like, there's, mm-hmm. not, there's not like a, a rivalry between the players. They, well, and it's, it's, it's tough for Dubas, too. Like, this is not the way you want this to be It's not be the way he out. is. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. yeah. Like, the ideal way to handle it, honestly, of the way it was handled, you could look at the way the Neander camp handled it you can look at the way matthews handled it like they're just if you're gonna say you don't want the contract to be a a distraction don't say anything to anyone like you can talk off the record all you want but just keep everything else quiet because then it's not a then it's not an issue and then you just say you come up publicly and you say we're we're talking and when we have an announcement we'll we'll announce it yeah the neander camp was like like they did said literally nothing to anybody like there was nothing getting out and that was a situation where people like me were like <laughs> trying trying so hard to get stuff because it, yeah. it it was the story right for months and months and months and mm-hmm. you know i have a lot of respect for i have a lot of respect for how the way that the net the neander camp and the matthews camp handled it because i think they were very professional about it and i think that the leafs were too and um i, I think it's so the column i wrote today was about marner and about how this kind of did a disservice to him um i think that some players in that situation would probably change agents if something like that happened sure. Well, the thing that that you wrote that that Mitch Marner didn't really deserve all this negative attention. And if you haven't read it, go read it at the Athletic, and you can get forty percent off the Athletic dot com slash Leaf Report. But um, the one thing he has to do, if this is unacceptable to him, is say that this is unacceptable to me. Say if you want the contract to be done, get it done. If you don't want it to be done or talked about until the off season, do that. Um, he told me in like. I don't know, November, because his agent kept going on radio and saying he doesn't want to do this until the off season. But Marner said to me, and he repeated this the other day, he will sign a contract if it's like done. Like if they have, if, if his agent comes to him and said, we have this great deal, it's ready to be signed. He's fine with that. He just doesn't want to be bothered day to day to day to day we're here we're here we're here we're here well the way you accomplish that is by putting nothing out in the media and then it's not a story then people don't know like people don't like matthews people don't know anything's happening and then it's not a story yeah like that's all you have to do Mm -hmm. so if you don't want it to be a distraction like just be a ghost and go away and i think that i i'm that's probably what's going to happen now for the going forward (laughs) (laughs) who who the hell knows but so the question now becomes like what do they sign him for um and it's a really hard we we've thought it was going to be hard all along it's hard now the one thing that i would start that i would push back on if i was his team there was this idea in hockey that the center should always get more if i was his agent i would push back on that and say you know what mitch marner's is if he's not as exactly as important to the leafs as austin matthews he's like right there well, it's interesting, you know, like even you just look at a game like last night and Marner played quite a bit more minutes and like had a huge impact. on Matthews had the goal, but Marner had two assists that were basically like mm-hmm. passing it to players that 
tapped the puck into the net. So yeah. he's certainly one of the most valuable wingers in the league. Well, like who's more valuable to the Lightning, Kucherov or Point? Kucherov. Right. So I would just start to push back on this if I was agents and if I was players because like in theory, yes, but it's not Here's always the Here's the difficult case. thing is that I think what makes some sense for the Leafs is to give him a bridge deal, a two- or a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lower cap hit, like bring it down. I don't know what you could bring it down to seven and a half or eight or whatever it's going to be. Get that buys you a little bit more cap space. Then you can you can add a defenseman or you can do something else around on the roster. Like if you have to sign him for the exact same number that Matthews has, you're not going to be able to do anything else on your cap. You're not going to be able to like you're going to lose Connor Brown. You're not going to be able to add a defenseman. You're going to lose Gardner. Your te- like how does your team get better? So. To me, it makes sense to do a shorter-term bridge deal. The thing is, from Marner's perspective, it doesn't make sense to do a bridge deal because what if you get hurt? Like, yeah. you're giving up, you're giving up some security. Yeah. I mean, now, like, if you're getting a three-year deal where you're getting eight million a year or whatever, that's still quite a that's still a lot of money. But you got to make it through those three years to get to get to your big payday. I think the five or the six makes sense. I know, like, people don't like the five because it brings them up at the same time as Matthews and Neilander, but. I don't know. If but it's better than four. I don't think the Leafs are gonna give him the same as Matthews though. So if they want five or six, they're gonna to have to be prepared to take a lower a lower cap number. Six by ten and a half. I think that, that might that would be okay. I think the Leafs would do that. And I think maybe. I'd do that if I, I don't was know. Mar- I don't know, maybe. If I was Marner, I'd do that, I think. So then you are taking less than Matthews. Marginally. Plus you're giving the year an extra year, which I think makes a difference. Yeah. Marner's a year older, right? And he No, they're the same age. He's like a few months oh, older. Oh, but just different draft year. Yeah. Right. Marner's birthday's in May and Matthews is in September. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like four months. That's interesting too. Cause... The one thing we should mention, like with this whole thing, the Leafs are in a really, really good spot. You want to be in this spot. Like Dubas mentioned this at his press conference. Like, yes, it creates some headaches. But you want these headaches. Like, you don't want to be in a position like a shit team where you don't have any of these players and you've got all this cap space. Like, look, look at Carolina. Look at Florida. Like, actually, Florida has some well, good what players. I'm but like desperate teams for talent. That's right. why so you want to have talent. You well, just have to make it work. You're in the driver's seat if you have the talent, right? Yeah. If the guys are asking for more than you can afford, then you can always move them. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine if, again, this is not going to happen. This is just speculating. Can you imagine if they did want to trade Marner right now, what they would get? Yeah. You get like something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You could probably get like two ridiculous things for him. Well, I've always just thought their position should be the most valuable assets that they have are the ones that will be held closest to them. So that's Matthews, that's Neander, that's Riley, that's uh, Marner. Everything else to a degree is expendable. Is expendable. So like if you get into a situation where you don't have cap space, you look at trading Kadri. And yes, his contract's great. But that helps you get something that helps you. So, like, those are the guys you, you move. You don't move the, like, the, the superstar talent. That's the stuff you keep. You need some degree of depth to win in the For NHL. Sure. You need some degree of depth to win in the NHL. And I think, so we talked about how they're going to have to draft well and get get the pipeline coming a little bit more than it, where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if, if, if they traded Kadri right now, who would be the third-line center? Neilander. I think it's not, it's not crazy. That's true. Like I, I, to me, honestly, that's like a, a sneaky move. That if they ever get into a spot where they need, let's say, they need help on defense, they really think they have to fix that. That's who I move, and I move Neilander to center. And it's like, it's not perfect, but 
you're okay. Then do you have enough on the wing organizationally? That's for like, them to develop that. Or that's for you to trade. I don't like you got to figure things out. I don't know. They need to but they need to get the pipeline going a little yes. bit more. But the other thing too is that they need to use analytics or the new tracking data that's coming next year or whatever to find good free agents and f- they need to win trades yeah. that they make. They need to find free agents who are making like a million. They need to like I think Tyler Ennis was a good example. Yeah. I think if Ennis was healthy, he had he had seven goals in his last 20 some games or whatever yeah. like if you can get a guy in your fourth line that can contribute like that and then if someone gets hurt can jump up higher in the lineup they need to be able to find more and more guys like that mm-hmm. well like when i was playing around with gardner uh whether they could fit gardner like it was like a month ago or whatever it was like i looked at and you and i've talked about him detroit like nick jensen right shot like maybe he's like a, he'll come presumably cheap like it's that kind of guy i asked dello about him and he's like yeah i think he's okay but he like, might be like a third pair guy for sure then that's all you want him for but like those are the kinds of guys where you fill in around the edges i wonder with if cheap stuff Hainsey, could they bring hainsey back and like just give him like a cheap like if he would come yeah. back for like 1.8 or 2 million dollars or something i wonder if they would do it i don't even know if they have that space but well somebody's got to play on your d <laughs> well they can also bring back ojaganov though well, if I was Ojaganov, I'd start to wonder where I fit now a little bit. Well, also, Ojaganov can make more than $700,000 league minimum in Russia. Like, I don't think he's coming back. And I don't... Maybe Lindholm... I think Lindholm comes back. For, like, league minimum? Yeah. Like, if you look at it, like, they're going to only be able to pay guys like that league minimum. And mm-hmm. some guys can make more than that in Europe, so are they going to want to do it? You can't make more than that in Sweden? typically or finland or whatever but if you go to the khl you can yeah are we all done almost we have to mention um bab socks and the socky hall of fame so go get your your new socks it's actually a perfect time because like it's still cold i've been double layering socks every day do you do that no (laughs) interesting interesting have they released more new socks I don't know why they're... I didn't check this week. I don't know why they... Uh... You should check. Let's check. So the rumor is that there's a whole bunch of players that they haven't released yet, and I don't know why they're kind of like dragging it out. Here we go. Well, what do we got? No, it's still Makita, Brett Hall, Bobby Clark, Timu Solani, Pavel Datsuk, Doug Gilmore. There's a Bob Probert. The mystery packs are cool. I want a mystery pack. I've been kind of hinting to them to give me a free one, and it's not happening, so... I'm going to have to go buy a mystery pack. Maybe I'll get you a mystery pack for your birthday, but that's not until September, so training camp. We, I love that it was like... Actually, forget it. Go we ahead. Didn't, we didn't really talk about Muzzin. Do you want oh, to, yeah. Actually, maybe we should talk about Muzzin. Can you do lightning round on Muzzin? Yeah, he's a, he's he looks like he's kind of filling the need well, except for the fact that it still isn't clear if he's going to be able to play the right... And that might be fine for this year. It's not ideal. I don't think it works. If if he can't play the right, like it changes some things around. You don't like Riley on the right side? Not for like next year. Like Riley is your best defenseman. Riley is your best offensive what defenseman. If next year they try Dermot on the right side. Yeah. Well the other thing too is we're talking about trading Zaitsev to create cap space. And it's like then you got nobody on your right side. Literally. Well then you bring Hainsey back. You sign somebody in free agency. I think agency. he's a third pair guy, though. Sure. And, like, there's no one in free agency, really, that's a top two, top four guy. But I guess the point is, if Muzzin can't play the right, the questions are all still there. But, that being said, 
it looks like what we thought a top pair of Riley and Muzzin is loads better yeah. than what it was. Yeah. I think that that's the takeaway. Yeah. And maybe you're detracting a little bit from Riley's offense and ability mm-hmm. on the breakout, but now he doesn't have to do the breakout all the time. Now yeah. he's now he's got I really like the way that Muzzin moves the puck. Yeah. He's really really smart at he makes like a kind of like Dermot can do it too sometimes where he just makes like smart little chip plays and stuff in their own zone and gets the puck to the right guy and mm-hmm. that's what they need that's what they need I mean he brings some other elements too people are noticing the hitting and the shot and all that but what I've noticed the most is just the smart outlets that he makes well and I just think he's just such a better fit to go against top lines than right. Hainsey like that's I know it's no brainer but like you look at how he moves, how he can move the puck. Look how big at the way he, he is. closes on guys when they try and enter the zone, right? Like, yeah, and he's really good at closing plays off along the boards. Like he just fits the need better. I like he, the way he he plays the puck with his stick, and then he and then he takes the body after that. Like hmm. the Leafs haven't had a guy do that at all. I interrupted you. No, and and the the only other thing I was going to mention is now like their their second power play actually looks like a power play. Now that's only like a little really small sample size, but just the thread of his shot. Seems like it's going to open up some stuff, which their second power play was like a wasteland. Which is weird because the analytics movement has been away from having two defensemen on a power play. Yeah, A lot of teams don't do it. There's only a few teams with two defensemen on a power play unit now at this point. But, I mean, what they were doing before wasn't working at all, so why not? Yeah. And he's he is interesting. Like, he just seems like a personality in a dressing room yes. that's kind of more serious business-like. And he just seems like kind of out there a bit. Yeah, he's yeah he's kind of kooky or something, isn't he? He's got a big beard and his, he's always got his eyes are wide and he's cracking jokes and yeah. so the the story I haven't been able to use it or tweet it or whatever is that it was either his first or his second game. I think it was his second game, and he came out of behind, the dressing room's kind of got like a back area where we're not allowed where like they have like their smoothies and avocados and whatever they're they have like the personal chef back there making stuff and and Muzzin comes out in his underwear. And he's at the other end of the dressing room and he looks towards and the other end of the dressing room is like 10 cameras and like 40 media are all just standing around like waiting for something. And Muzzin's like, look, he's looking and he's like, are they waiting for me? And he walks over in his underwear and, and he goes over to the PR guy and he's like, is that for me? And they're like, no. And he goes, woo! And then he goes back in the back room and then that was, <laughs> he was happy to not have to do any more media obligations. He honestly, he reminds me a bit of Doughty, like just in terms of personality he just seems like a little kooky, a little out there, easygoing, smiling. I like him though. He's the, the the players seem to really like him. Yeah, well, I noticed that. The only reason I like I wrote about him after the Monday game is I noticed that the Saturday game is Matthews like made a point of saying like he's really fitted well already. Like it seemed like they really liked him already, and like he'd been there like three days. He's like their goofy older brother or something. Yeah, like if you go and watch all the scrums when people ask about Muzzin. They all just start smiling. Like someone asked Neilander after the game, and he's just like cracked in this wide smile. He's like, "Yeah, he's he's interesting," kind of thing. So, I don't know. I just I don't know. It's it's a funny dressing room, like because like they don't have a guy like that. Like Ron Haynes, he's a bit different, kind of his own guy. You never see him though. He's never around us. Well, when you talk to him, like he's he's different, and like apparently he's like a big leader on their team too. But. Uh, even just the element of having a guy for them who's played in the playoffs a ton. Well, Muzzin's like his personality seems like he wouldn't get intimidated by anything. Like he just doesn't have that. Well, yeah, like you saw him laughing on the bench when the stuff with Perry was happening in the Anaheim game. Like they kind of need a. Li- 
you can argue about this, but like they could use a little bit more bite that way, and like one player is one player and whatever. But I don't know. There is something. Yeah, no to problem that. with bite if the guy can play. Yes. What I don't like is when you like you start talking about you got to get like a Simmons or whatever and give up a whole bunch and like he can't play anymore. Or, yeah, like that's when you run into the David Clarkson problem and then Commissaric, Colton Orr, Fraser McLaren. Yeah, I can keep going. Like you just like if if the guy's Cousins good. Yeah. A friend of mine, my my friend Pete, who works at CBC, texted me a couple after like Muzzin's first two games, and he's like, Muzzin, Jake Muzzin's going to be the guy that unites the analytics and like the the old school people because he's like gritty and he's good like at at uh, possession and all those things, and it's true. That's a, he's like he's a player that everybody likes. It's almost like the stats are just trying to tell you who's good and who's not. Yeah, I know, but I think that there's just like there's an element of of hockey fans that just loves the like the gritty Wendell Clark kind of players. So, yeah. and the Leafs don't really have a lot of that right now. No, and like when they lose in the playoffs, that becomes like a way of saying. Especially when you lose to a team that has a lot of that. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that's that's, that's pretty good. So the one again, on the road next week. So yeah, hopefully a, we can figure it out. We're not doing the podcast when I'm in Vegas because I'm going to be busy. Are you going to be out, like on the town going to shows? Are you going to be trying to like res- restore your rock career? Maybe go perform <laughs> somewhere? I'm so bad now. Maybe next podcast I'll play guitar on it. Will you gamble at all though? Yeah, probably. I mean, it depends what the other writers and stuff want to do. What do you play? Like a little blackjack? I, little... I actually like roulette. Oh. Yeah. That's not what I thought. Yeah. Blackjack's okay. I find you lose money really fast in blackjack sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I find, like, roulette, like, you have close to a 50-50 odds if you're, like, doing, like, red and black. And, like, mm-hmm. like the odds are pretty close to... You can, you can like, if you get lucky a bunch of times in a row, you can make a lot of money. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk from the road. Uh, again, go to theathletic.com slash leaf report. Give it a try. Um, get your socks. Socky Hall of Fame. Get your bab socks. Um, and we will be back either next week if James can do it from the road and if not the following week when that crazy road trip is over six games we can do it before the St. Louis game because I'm not going to St. Louis perfect yeah all right we'll see you then